Cuphead and his cowboy men, they like to roll the dice. By chance they came on Devil's Game, and gosh, they paid the price. Hello everyone, and welcome back to The Other Castle. The Other Castle! I'm Andrea, one of the hosts of The Other Castle. And my name is Tom, the other host of The Other Castle. Hello, Tom! Hello, Andrea. What are we doing? We are here to break down the plot lore and more of video games. We do this every Wednesday during our seasons, and this week we are doing one of the biggest games we've ever done. Oh, but what? also one of the shortest. Is it? It can be. It's not when I play it. <laughs> I'm very bad at this. I have rage quit this, but I really like it. This is Cuphead. Cuphead. Oh my goodness. This is a cultural phenomenon kind of game. It's a cult classic for sure. Uh, it's fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to talk about Cuphead to us in person and kind of break the fourth wall and like look at us in 3D, this Friday we are going to be at Level Up Expo in Las Vegas. Yes, we are. We are so excited. This is our second convention with the podcast. Ah. We are going to be in the community table booth. Yeah, we are at Community Table 3. We are right behind Las Vegas FurCon. We are going to be kind of up on the rail right before you get down to the indie dev area. So we are so excited. That is fully up our alley. It's actually very thematic to this episode of kind of indie games and indie developers kind of doing their own thing. And if you met us there and you gave us a shot with this one because it was the most recent, hello. Yeah, hey, I remember you. Yeah, you were adorable. Yeah, you're great. You have wonderful breath. Much appreciated. <laughs> also, just a good con tip, bring mints. Yeah, definitely. You're going to go. It's going to be a real uh, mouth-breathy day because you're running around. You're going to eat a corn dog. You're going to have that weird wet packet mustard over something. No one likes that. Bring no. a mint. <laughs> also, Tom. Remind me to bring mints. I was going to say, we're going to be minty fresh, so you better be too. Yeah, we're going to be minty as hell, girl. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. We are so excited. We will have some stickers. If you're listening to this, hopefully we gave you a sticker, gave you a sweet high five, and oh, it's going to be fun. I love doing conventions. We've both like, grown up doing conventions in our lives and careers. Yeah, no, definitely. It's one of my absolute favorite things to do and the fact that we get to do it for ourselves now is one of the coolest things in the world oh my gosh can't believe it's real and we're doing it for ourselves it's <laughs> we've gotten to so many conventions helping other people raise awareness and money and do fun things and now we do it for us which is so gratifying really truly is so thank you for joining us from meeting us in the convention hall and thank you to the rest of you for you know just joining us in general yeah we're just happy to be here and we're happy you're here that's like the main thesis of this whole thing and like if you love us that much you should check out our patreon Ooh, because we have special episodes that go down there every month we have a newsletter we've got a discord we've got merchandise speaking of merchandise if you don't want to join the patreon you can just buy a shirt yeah, we are item shop open on theothercastlepodcast.com. That's theothercastlepodcast.com. Oh, you got to hit it twice, honey. Every so time. At the very top, there is an item shop. That is where all of our merch lives, and it's really cool. We saw a couple people pass through the shop and pick some things up. We got a little email, and I was like, holy shit. So <laughs> very excited about that. But yeah. If you're if you know all this, you're like, man, I've been a fan. I'm I'm in the I'm a Goomba. Let's go. You know what time it is. It's Cuphead time. It's Cuphead time. It's Cuphead time. Oh, goodness. Now, I have completely and totally avoided Cuphead. Good for you. Because I had to do Bendy and I had to do <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. And it 
really is like choose your house when we look at <laughs> this class of games. This is an indie game that came out in 2017 and was a little spooky and nostalgic. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll go fuck myself. Uh, I love this class of game, though. I did Tattletale. No one knows what Tattletale is. Like when we look at that tier, it's like, yeah, Bendy, FNAF. This is all that S tier. Tattle's like C tier. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in terms of playability story. I actually really enjoy the story. I think it's very cool, especially as a kid who could have been the right age for that the kid in Tattletale. Right. It's just that no one knows what it is. <laughs> yeah, very few unless you listen to our show. <laughs> That's true. We did cover it, which is a shameless plug, and you can hear all about it on theothercastlepodcast.com. That's theothercastlepodcast.com. It's like Pavlov's dog, but you plug our website. I just can't help but say it after hearing it. <laughs> I would love for someone else to say it, and you just pop into a room and say it. <laughs> like like in Bendy when he just pops into frame. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you disappear, and you come around the corner, and he's never been there the whole time. <laughs> that does not happen in Cuphead. <laughs> no, this looks like a very, very different game from any of the other ones that we've done, actually. I don't think we've really done a major platformer before, have we? Ooh, that's a good question. The um, closest, I think, is Little Nightmares. Mm, but that's that... still like a puzzle game more so than a platformer. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that's more of an unlocking pl- puzzle situation. They're... Ooh, yeah, no, I think you're right. And also, Fuck. if you're keeping count, this is the 50th game that we have covered on the show. Oh my God. So no pressure. Really? Yeah. 50? 50th game, everybody. 50. I think Cuphead's a pretty great game to pick for 50th game. I feel pressure having this be so close to an event and be our 50th episode. Why would you do this to me? (laughs) Why wouldn't you wait until after I perform the whole fucking thing? Yeah, I probably should have held out on that. You are a butthole. Well, now the pressure's on, so make it a good episode, Andrea. (laughs) You farts. All right, so Cuphead, Don't Deal with the Devil, originally came out on Windows and Xbox One on September 29th, 2017, because to that point, like I said, that same class of 2017 fuck you horror, so good. So this is more of a Microsoft exclusive. Yeah, this was a Microsoft piece. Uh, It later did come out on Mac in October of 2018. It came out on the Switch in April of 19. It came out on the Tesla in September 2019. (laughs) Tesla. You can can only play the first level, but you can play this shit in a Tesla. All right. And then after Tesla is when they ported it out to PlayStation in July of 2020. Tesla got it before the PlayStation got it. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. I think that's a first for us, too. I don't think we have any other Tesla games in our repertoire. We try to hit a lot of different platforms because, you know, we're different generation gamers. Right. There's a reasonable age gap. I'm very young. I have so much youth. So much younger. You know, Tom's a seasoned gamer you know he's got a little salt and pepper on there by seasoned and (laughs) (laughs) that was cunty to say i'm sorry but you know we are very different gamers tom's been a lifelong gamer coming up from the world i came out into gaming in like the mid aughts yeah and i don't have the dexterity for things i get angry quickly that's not true i have great dexterity now i love red dead it's my favorite game no, you've gotten into it. The, the thing that you struggle with still is the physics of video games. They don't make sense to me. When you say, what am I doing wrong? My first answer is always just follow the laws of physics. That's all. And I go, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to go pew, pew, pew. And I don't understand how to fly a helicopter. That doesn't make sense to me ever in life. Like, just actually, you know what? The physics of helicopters don't make sense to me. I get that it happens. I fully understand that that's a real thing. Oh, I'm with you on that entirely. I I won't get in a helicopter. Those things 
don't make sense to me at all, and so I will not get in one. <laughs> I don't understand it, and I will not participate. Anyway, this does work. Uh, you can basically play this in, in a helicopter if you want. If you can play it on a Tesla, fucking go for it. Yeah. <laughs> this game was originally scheduled to be released in about 2015, but it was moved to 2017 to avoid competition with some other major indie games that came out in 2015. And it was probably for the best, because if you'll recall from previous episodes, that's when Undertale came out. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Undertale was a pretty big deal. I was like, what? I, I was really kind of wondering, like, what would cause them to delay it two years? Well, they had time to work on it. They were yeah. like, let's let's tighten this up. Also, there's a couple of indie games that are popping off. We're an indie title. We don't want to pull away too much of it. And yeah, Toby Fox came out of fucking nowhere <laughs> and is still running the internet. That's true. But to their credit, 2017 was a prime year for weird indie games that were based on old school cartoons because that's when Bendy started. Oh, man. So this really was just a part of that entire group. Full class of mid-aughts that were like indie dudes going off, being nostalgic and making it dark as hell. And then they all got rumors of a cartoon series and it was the only one that actually got one off the ground. <laughs> this is the only one that made it through. You're yeah. right. <laughs> Three seasons in, they fucking went off. To that point, Cuphead is not necessarily a dark and spooky fucking dark night version of something you love. Where Undertale is kind of an elevated version of Earthbound. There's a lot of roots there. You know, Toby Fox is obviously known for being a modder of Earthbound and, and grew up and took that with him and... Bendy is like, look at these Fleischman cartoons and how we, what would happen in the future if some, one of them was evil? <laughs> like, right. FNAF is just evil Chuck E. Cheese, to put it very, very bluntly, but it's actually like an insane fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very confused and I'm very excited for the fucking movie to come out because holy shit. Oh, so exciting for the movie with Matthew Lillard as William Afton. This is going to be fucking killer. I, <laughs> killer. But I'm pumped. I'd watch him be like the angry pirate one. Like, I don't give a fuck as long as Matthew <laughs> Lillard's involved. He could be, what was it? Lala was one of them. Maybe. No, that's the fucking Tinky Winky. That's, and a, that's, teletubby? A, that's a Teletubby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we're, you know what? I'm going to call it right now. We're going to get an evil Teletubby video game. It's going to be an indie. They're going to be like, we were fucking TV mascots and now we're here to murder you. That's going to happen. <laughs> it's probably in development. We'll, we'll check back in an E3 in the middle of the year. Uh, we also just got the announcement that E3 is not going to include any of the major platforms. I can't believe so, that, that Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft all pulled out. Why is there a coup? I don't know. There's, <laughs> E3 must have fucked up something. Part of me says they can't afford it because Sony used to pay for the entire lot in front of the LA Convention Center. Do you remember that? Where they oh, would, yeah. They would have the PlayStation tents and shit outside and then the space inside. So part of me thinks it might be a pricing issue like you and i went the year that they had spider-man on display and they had a helicopter crashed into a building it was fucking sick super true i'm just curious if making it go public like open to the public if that just changed it so much to the point where like there's no point to this anymore mm, you yeah. can just release the trailer online during that weekend not pay for the space and go about your day that's fair that's fair and they also all obviously do their own showcases but my point to bring this back is that Perhaps with E3 this year, it will be a shit ton of indie developers yeah. and just flooding it rather than Xbox picking and choosing and PlayStation picking and choosing. Here are the one the major ones will feature, obviously, and then one or two indie darlings to like say, we're filling out our roster and supporting the little guy. It could be more indie heavy, which I'm excited for, especially if my Teletubbies idea comes to fruition. 
In which case, I would like at least 5% of net profits. <laughs> at least 5%. At least. Give me five points on the back end. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> this was the first game from a studio founded by a pair of brothers, which is kind of cute. Keeping it in the family. A pair of brothers. Okay. Yes. They remortgaged their whole ass house to put this game together. Like, scrappy oh, as fuck. That is just putting your life at risk. Yeah, that truly horrifies me. That's where the the horror of this game comes in, is remortgaging. I mean, can you imagine being like, okay, finally we're going to release this game after we've remortgaged our house in two more years, actually. <laughs> Pushing it back? Yeah. Oh, no. You are living in mom's basement because fuck that. <laughs> you lost the house. These brothers are Chad and Jarrett Mullenhauer. I apologize if I spelled, said that incorrectly. I watched a couple of videos. I believe it's that. Mullenhauer? Moldenhauer. Moldenhauer, okay. Yes. So I apologize if I fucked that up. Who love arcade games when they were kids, and they were like, fuck it, let's do something fun. Mm-hmm. Well, they usually get all the glory, you know, when you talk about it, it's just Chad and Jared, the brothers, they're doing it. They had a lot of other people come in. They had two cousins that worked on it. Jared's wife served as a producer and an artist for the whole project. Like, it was a real community effort. This is like the definition of keeping it all in the family. Oh, entirely. And not in a creepy way, in a really yeah. sweet way <laughs> where they built something beautiful at the end. In their own words, they have described the game as a classic run-and-gun action game heavily focused on boss battles. What sets the game apart, aside from the fast twitch gameplay, is the way it takes faithful inspiration from the cartoons of the 1930s. Everything from the visuals to the audio are meticulously created with the same techniques of the era, ranging from traditional hand-drawn cell animation and watercolor backgrounds to live orchestra jazz recordings. I'll say, like like I said, I know nothing about Cuphead going into mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah. But the only thing I do know is the music, because I'd be like in the other room while you were watching and, and playing and stuff <laughs> like that. And the music does sound like the old, like, Mary Melodies cartoons, yeah. Mickey Mouse cartoons kind of shit from like back in the 1930s and 40s entirely. You can hear like those xylophones going oh, yeah. the entire time. It, it was very, very high energy and kind of shit. So I, I totally get that influence. Sammy Lawrence from Bendy would be so proud. Yeah, uh, Sammy Lawrence would ink his pants most definitely. <laughs> I, I hate that you said that, but I'm on board. Because <laughs> he would. This is fucking great. Cuphead was overall inspired, obviously, by these old school cartoons and media, but took a lot of notes from a game that I loved in college for some reason, Super Meat Boy. Oh, really? Super Meat Boy? Because I was going to compare it to like a Contra. Yeah, that's probably more fair. But... <laughs> <laughs> they said Super Meat Boy, so we're going with Super Meat Boy. So is this a game where you're going to die like a million times? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I loved Super Meat Boy for like five minutes. And unlike Super Meat Boy, I hated and cursed at this game for five minutes. <laughs> I am okay at Super Meat Boy. I am bad at this. <laughs> I've heard Cuphead is like a challenging game. It's so hard, Tom. <laughs> it's so hard. In contrast to the kind of Disney-inspired art callouts, the boys have praised more of the Flusher Studios. You know, our friends from the Bendy episode. So they just own it a little bit more heavily than Bendy did. Oh, entirely. Okay, good. <laughs> Where the Meatly and was it? Mike, oh, Mike Mood. Mike Mood. Thank you. I was going to say Matt. So close. Meatly and Mike Mood were very more. There's something enigmatic about that pair. You know, right. they, they have a sense of mystery. And I think it comes from 
doing something episodic where they're like, we're going to listen, but we're not going to talk very much. You know, we're, we want to hear what you have to say. They're very reactive to the fans, obviously. They've done an incredible job building the Bendy world and the lore where these two boys put a game out and they're like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of them goes by their online name or their creator name more so than their real name. So yeah, they're very private person. Yeah. And we respect that about Mike Mood. Yeah. <laughs> so reasonably, the art style sometimes gets compared to Bendy, obviously. However, due to the wide color saturation, it's not typically too direct a comparison because, you know, I apologize if you're all listening aren't super familiar with Bendy. It is nearly all black, white, sepia tone. There is yeah. no color. It's cool. It's an incredible art palette, but this in Cuphead, widely saturated, fully. Mm -hmm. We are living in Technicolor, bitch. It is beautiful. There's no black backgrounds on any point. Everything <laughs> no. is full of color. Entirely. Production on Cuphead started around the year 2000, which is older than some of the people listening to this. Holy shit, that goes back so far. Yeah. <laughs> That's jarring to hear, right? Yeah, most definitely, because like most family projects fall apart immediately and never get back together. Yeah, like have you ever played Monopoly with your family? No, you haven't, because it's it's just screaming. It's not a thing. <laughs> you can't get shit done. Like this is this is a twenty year project, right? So it's around two thousand, like I mentioned, but it kind of went nowhere. Obviously, because they didn't have the skills to put a game together, and they didn't know what they were doing. They were like, "This would be great," and then went, "All right, we're gonna go live our lives." Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> After Super Meat Boy came out and made a big splash in the indie scene in 2010, they were kind of like, well, wait, those idiots did this. They made a game about a flying hamburger patty. Like, <laughs> can we do that? And then there was this documentary that was released about the creation of Super Meat Boy. And after they watched it, they were like, let's fucking do this. Indie game, the movie? Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's a great documentary. I mean, it, it inspired Cuphead. Okay, up. they also did Braid in that movie, mm. was another one of the ones. That was okay. a big indie game. Very cool. And then they did Fez as the other game in that movie. Oh, okay, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've played Super Meat Boy. I haven't played either of those two, but I fuck with it. We got here. It's the lineage that matters. Yeah, great documentary, everybody. Check it out. <laughs> Originally, the hero of Cuphead was supposed to save some sort of damsel in distress. You know, you do the thing. But eventually they went with a narrative where Cuphead gets himself into trouble instead to give the players some ownership of the story and some say on what's going on, which I kind of appreciate, you know, like subvert the narrative. You're not out here just trying to like slay some pussy. You're trying to right your wrongs. Yeah, definitely. That's a good idea. It is a good idea. It's kind of funny, too, because like Bendy and uh, FNAF and <laughs> Undertale <laughs> also kind of take that same note of like, we don't need to go save our princess in the other castle. We, <laughs> I'm half expecting you to plug the website just from saying that. You didn't say dot com. Okay. <laughs> Pavlov's dog knows to wait for the whole bell to ring. <laughs> but we see these this wave of like, how do I get myself okay? <laughs> you know, you have to put on your own safety fucking shit before you help someone else with theirs. It's a whole airplane thing. Right. Creating the game's art style was kind of wild, as you can imagine. And Brother Chad, why did I write Brother Chad? That makes it sound like a monk. <laughs> Brother Chad took on the lion's share of the art design during production. He actually worked as a graphic designer, so it kind of made sense that he took on, you know, the left brain shit. He took it upon himself to hand draw all of the animations and create backgrounds of watercolors, very traditional to what used to happen. 
that's just so wild that like I really assume this was maybe somebody with some kind of Disney training. Nah, it's just some Canadian dude who used to be a graphic designer. So like didn't go to CalArts, didn't even go to DigiPen, didn't do any of those like normal pathways into gaming or animation. Well, you know, if he went to DigiPen, he would have been swooped up by fucking Valve. So clearly <laughs> that didn't happen. I mean, I I don't actually know his credentials, but yeah, he's a graphic designer. So probably just went to a, a regular Canadian art school, if at all, or maybe just a university. It's just a dude that could draw. Yeah. And he fucking can. Yeah. So he would do some of the coloring in Photoshop and then kind of layer it. And that's how they would animate it from there. But truly, there are cells of this, which I'm sure would go for so much stupid money. Oh my gosh, right? The real big video game fans and the animation fans just... Ugh. Oof. Bunch of Goomba nerds loving that shit. He would then take all of the art together in Photoshop. He'd layer them, put them together, animate them, and would take it from kind of the old school into the new school as it formed the game itself. Okay. For music and animation and, you know, other support. He can't do it all. He's only one half of the brothers. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a third property brother, just so you guys know. It takes more than two. That's D- true. Despite their biography being called It Takes Two. <laughs> I'm hearing myself say it. It was a bad comparison. Anyway, they needed more help. <laughs> so they were able to kind of outsource that across the world. You know, they were getting people just from different countries to help them out. It was really cool. And it turned into this big, larger community project, which is kind of nice. So it really just brought a whole bunch of people together. I mean, granted, I I really thought it was just going to be like more family members kept joining in. Like, I happen (laughs) to have a lot of talent on the piano, so I'm going to do the music and shit. Yeah, Grandpa was the pianist for Fletcher Studios, and actually, and we'll bring him in. (laughs) It turns to this whole thing where you go down the family tree and like go through Ancestry.com and treat it like LinkedIn. Right, (laughs) and treat it like LinkedIn. How can you help me? But instead, they created their own family out in the internet. Yeah, which is what we're doing now. So right. can't knock it. Uh, but speaking of talent, one of those non-related people in the studio was Evan Skolnick. Skolnick is credited as a writer on Cuphead, and he is from Team Telltale. Oh, shit. We love Telltale. And we love the stories of Telltale. Telltale is an incredible studio that has had some of the most talented artists and writers and voice actors behind it. I have been a huge Telltale fan. I, If you want to hear me gush about it, we have a whole episode on The Wolf Among Us. Yeah, I was going to so, say. So <laughs> to, to bury the lead, big fan. Evan actually was credited as a writer on The Walking Dead, the second Batman game, and the Guardians of the Galaxy projects. So, Oof, I've played two of those three, and they were both excellent. I loved two of those three. I haven't played The Walking Dead. No. So. But I think that Batman 2 has one of the greatest fight scenes in any Batman game. I would say so. I mean... Granted, Arkham series has some fantastic fighting. Oh, yeah. Love the Arkham series fighting style, but doing some of it as a quick time event. And the music. Yeah, they put it to music and a quick time event. That one was so good. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. It's one of the best Bruce Wayne fight scenes. That's fair. It's not a Batman fight. It's It's a Bruce Wayne fight. He's in like a fucking hoodie or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want to replay that now. But no, he's so talented. And just to name drop and talk about how wonderful this team is. They're getting telltale writers. You know this shit going to go off. I'm so excited. So during development in the 2014 period, Cuphead was hand-selected by the team at Xbox to present during the 2014 E3 presentation, which we kind of hinted at. So that worked out. Yeah. 
Now, this was a situation where they were working on it. They already had an agreement to distribute on Xbox. And then Team Xbox straight up called them and they're like, your shit's weird and cool. Can we talk about it? And they're like, oh, my God, absolutely. <laughs> That's such a great opportunity for us. I know that like Xbox has always really pushed for indie developers and mm-hmm. really pushed hard to highlight them in a lot of ways. So that does make a lot of sense for Xbox to do. You know, it's probably ended up on its Game Pass a couple times. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's ended up on Netflix by now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so to give you a sense of like how important this was in the 2014 E3 year, that's the year we saw Batman Arkham Knight, to that point again, Destiny, Far Cry 4, Kingdom Hearts 3, The Last of Us got a big feature, Uncharted 4 got a big feature, and it was just an insane year of games, and through all of that, through The Fucking Last of Us, <laughs> through, Yeah, that's a lot of noise going on. Through Destiny, do you remember the noise around Destiny? Kingdom Hearts goddamn 3. <laughs> in, <laughs> I mean, in yeah. In this season alone, we know that that's a huge game. Polygon called Cuphead one of the most surprising reveals of the entire conference. And Damn, that's pe- saying something. People were talking. And, like, that's a good fucking year. Oh, that's a good year. Yeah, that was a very good I year. I talk about E3 the same way people talk about wine. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it really grew on me. That was a great year. The, the announcements that year, man, we didn't know it was coming, but. Tannins were so good. Those games had legs. <laughs> That was better. Thank you. Thank you for saving me floundering, trying to find a wine pun because I don't drink wine. (laughs) So that was so great for the game. And within that year of 2014, after the E3 conference, people were calling up the studio to be like, I want to work with you. You guys are fucking awesome. They were able to grow their team so much because of that E3 showcase. And that goes to show like when people care about something, they will reach out and be like, I want to be a part of this. This is fucking sick. And they got to push it back because they were like, we have more people. We can make this a more polished game. We can deliver a better product. Let's fucking go. Man, that is so cool that just a preview of your game can get you that much attention. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> Literally just like, hey, this is a weird little game about a cup. Let's go. And then you're just magically the bell of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you you go from Mrs. Potts to Belle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to keep that Disney theme streamline going. It's fine. It's not going great. Yeah, they're still going to sue us. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, no. After Kingdom Hearts last week, we are in trouble, guys. <laughs> After Cuphead was released, within the first two weeks, the game moved two million copies. Two million. That's impressive. <sighs> in the first two years, also as it expanded and was ported to Teslas and all this crazy shit, <laughs> the game was able to cross the 6 million copy line. Holy shit, that's really impressive for a game that started off as just an exclusive to Xbox. Because, I mean, yes, Xbox is a huge system, but it didn't have the coverage that PlayStation has. No. (laughs) But, like, man, this really is the little game that could. And, again, this is in the same class as Bendy (laughs) and Undertale and all of those wonderful games, and it still managed to do so well. Ah, love it. With finger guns. Finger guns. (laughs) Across the board, this game got between like high eights to perfect 10 scores. Absolutely wonderful. Kind of a phenomenon to your point earlier. This has gone so well for them that people have demanded more, which led to a DLC, which was released in June of 22. Oh, wow. So pretty recently. Yeah, pretty recently. And a Netflix show that released three seasons of television in 2022 like it's a goddamn anime just pumping this shit out like crazy holy shit i mean 
is it all in the same animation style as the game? Oh, yeah. I'm just wondering what they have on the back end to allow them to crank out. I mean, South Park's able to crank out an episode in six days. Yeah, so. <laughs> like historically. We know that he built this whole thing out in Photoshop. Yeah. And so the assets are all there. I think with a TV show, also they were using a little more computer reliance on putting the animation together and doing things. It's not as... It's not as manual a process right. for Netflix. I think Netflix is like, we need to put all the content out now. <laughs> you know, that's their whole like company thesis is put more out there. We'll figure it out later. I mean, yeah, AI is doing all sorts of things now. I mean, we just use chat GPT to write this entire show now. You know, I'm, I'm kidding. <gasps> no! I'm kidding. I did so much research. <laughs> I'm so mean to joke about. <laughs> we do so much work for this. I work so hard on this, you guys. <laughs> like Tom was just saying, he heard the music the last full week. And a half, maybe, yeah. of me just being like, I need to learn all of Cuphead. <laughs> I'm reporting on Cuphead. Which is an insane thing to, like, say to yourself. <laughs> So the show hasn't gotten as much traction as the game, which is reasonable. The game was a phenomenon, but they got three seasons out really fucking quick. So, I mean, to last three seasons on Netflix, that's an accomplishment in itself. Absolutely. <laughs> that's very valid. You can only push something so far, <laughs> but this is pretty good. Anyway, the first game won a bunch of awards, like the Video Game Award for Art Direction, which is impressive because it beat Zelda Breath of the Wild that year. Holy shit, yeah. For art direction. And when you think of Zelda beautiful art, you think of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you think of that one specifically. <laughs> yeah, this beat it. The cup game. Oof. Like, we've <laughs> talked about some game characters having, like, porn after them. Breath of the Wild got a whole new genre of itself as well. <laughs> of just photography porn? No, oh. <laughs> of just, like, you know, Twink Link and shit. Oh my god. <laughs> I've never heard the phrase twink link, but I, I'm obsessed with it now and I love it. <laughs> Good for him, honey. Uh, it also won the Game Award for Best Indie Game, beating two the other castle alumni, Night in the Woods, my favorite game. You love that one. <laughs> I do. I have a tattoo from it. And a game that I was probably unfairly cunty about, What Remains of Edith Finch. <laughs> You know what? Not you everything's really for hated me. That game. <laughs> Not everything is for me, and that's okay. I apologize for yucking the yum. I get it. I do like the Barbara sequence. I do like the fish sequence. <laughs> and the rest of it is well directed. And <laughs> you know, I owe it its flowers. It's it's not a bad game. It's just not what I needed <laughs> at that point of my life. Anyway, <laughs> one more note for Cuphead. They have three Guinness World Records. Three of them for what? Most hand-drawn frames in a video game, which is reasonable. Yeah. They have over 45,000 hand-drawn frames in the entire game. That's incredible that they put that much work into it. Right? <laughs> I mean, they've been thinking on this for the last 20 years. You That's know? fair, yeah. Most bosses in a run-and-gun style game. So when they set out for like making it a boss centric game, they accomplished that goal. It's all bosses. There's no, there's nothing in between. You can go to a store and buy some power ups. That's it. <laughs> and then just go right into a boss fight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And most boss transformations in a run and gun game. Oh goodness! I mean, last week we had a fifteen transformation boss with the uh, <laughs> <laughs> with Ansem, so that's pretty impressive. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> 
That's not a running gun, though, so it doesn't no, count not. here. <laughs> Guinness said no. But with all that in mind, for now, we are here to cover the first Cuphead, and we're going to leave the delicious first course, that June 2022 DLC, for another day. Perhaps our Patreon? Ooh, it's a good place to check out some of the side quests. Oh, yeah. No, the Patreon is where we do a lot of DLC. We actually just pushed the Left Behind DLC from The Last of Us recently, mm-hmm. where I set out to just cover that game because I played it a couple times. And then I also somehow talked myself. Tom didn't ask me to do this. I talked myself into <laughs> covering the entire comic series of American Dreams, The Last of Us added world building media from Neil Druckmann. So. We get weird on there. It is not a watered down version of the show. It is fully as wild as a full episode. So, oh, yeah. Come hang. Anyway, that is probably going to be a Patreon episode just to give a little spoiler out there, but it's fun. But for now, this is Cuphead Don't Deal with the Devil. The game opens with the studio MDHR logo, which is their last name, just truncated okay and a dapper dan inspired song as we see two cup people two live personified cups one is cuphead the red straw topped hero the other is blue his brother Mugman. oh I th- <laughs> okay i was thought you were saying his name was blue but he's a blue cup no just like all good comic pairings one is short fat and warm toned and the other is long tall and cool toned mario and luigi all right i got you <laughs> All of them. Although I will give you that C-3PO and R2-D2 have the colors swapped, but, you know, it's fine. That's fair. I mean, it's not always the same color combination. There's always one warm and one cool. That's what matters. And there's always one tall and skinny, one short and stubby. It happens. The opening Dapper Dan song goes like this. I will not sing it because I'm scared they will sue me now. (laughs) Because, again, they have Netflix money. Well, Cuphead and his pal Mugman, they like to roll the dice. By chance, they came on Devil's Game, and gosh, they paid the price. Paid the price. And now they're fighting for their lives on a mission fraught with dread. And if they proceed, but don't succeed, well, the devil will take their heads. And that's the start of the game. Like I said, this one is not as dark as the other games that came out (laughs) in this era. But yes, that is the opening song to Cuphead. I love that it opens with a song, though. Oh, right. And it's very like the like Dapper Dan style. Very fun. I hope I didn't just sound like I was making sad noises. I was trying to sing. (laughs) Now, would you call this a musical game? Yes, very much so. I think the music plays such a big part of the atmosphere of this game in the same vein that The Last of Us is a very musical game. Okay, in that sense. But I meant more like, you know, Beauty and the Beast is considered a musical. Mm-hmm. Oh, I apologize. No one breaks in a song. Okay. That's the only like <laughs> breaking in a song that occurs. There are two musical segments with lyrics. Um, okay. This one and then one that I will tell you about later. But there's a very heavy instrumental throughout. There are no moments of quiet. So I guess Last of Us probably wasn't a great example. But I say that in terms of you say Last of Us, I hear the song playing in the back of my head. Right. The uh, <laughs> the theme. And you say Cuphead, I can hear the music in my head. The instrumental music that's constantly going. Yeah, exactly. Like all good cartoons of the era, the game starts where we see a giant book opening to tell us the story. Like in Shrek. <laughs> I went with Sleeping Beauty in my head, but yeah, you're 100% right. That happens in Shrek. (laughs) 
Somebody wants to. It doesn't go like that. Cups, no. We're gonna roll. No. Oh, God damn Is it. Is that not how it goes? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm so happy thinking about Shrek starting like that and making a cup head. <laughs> So this opens like all those old school or I guess new school. No, Shrek's old now. Shrek's old as shit. (laughs) As a side note, did you see there are Shrek raves happening all over the country? Why? Like dead ass people are taking Molly, dressing in like crazy lingerie and dancing and going like as Shrek and shit. Like there's like like really hot people dressed up as donkey and like being the dragon with a dragon tail, but just wearing like nothing and pasties and shit and just rolling their faces off to Shrek. Yeah, there are some subcultures I don't need to know about. You don't do enough drugs to understand what happens. <laughs> Neither do I, but I can appreciate it from far on Instagram. Anyway, back to this video game about a cup. <laughs> There's this big band, like heavy inspired drum instrumental that's going, which is kind of nice. It just it really puts you in the atmosphere off the bat. We see the book opening and there are images of illustrations with text right underneath it just like a kid's book is gonna look like so i'm gonna kind of walk you through that like one of the uh, old disney golden books a little yeah exactly okay we see cuphead and mugman chasing butterflies with an old kettle napping behind them in a rocking chair which is yeah i i, I phrased that perfectly fuck you <laughs> the book reads once upon a time in a magical place called inkwell isle there were two brothers named Cuphead and Mugman. They lived without a care under the watchful eye of wise elder Kettle. Again, the kettle is completely passed out. <laughs> the page turns and we see the boys or men. I don't know. One's named Mugman. So yeah, whatever. They're approaching a casino. It's big and red with dice decor and some sort of beast statue in the sky above it. One day, the two boys wandered far from home and, despite Elder Kettle's many warnings, ended up on the wrong side of the tracks and entered the Devil's Casino. You never want to end up on the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> it's true. Then we see two skeletons shooting dice with Cuphead and Mugman in a coffin-shaped craps table. A man at the table with a dice for a head looks on. Inside, Cuphead and Mugman soon found themselves on a winning streak at the craps table. (laughs) Hot dog, exclaimed King Dice, the casino's sleazy manager. These fellas can't lose. Oh no, you don't want to convince them they can't lose. A beast with long horns enters the scene on the next page and looks on at Cuphead. King Dice bows to this beast while Cuphead and Mugman look on in fear. Nice run, boys, laughed a newcomer. The brothers gasped. It was the casino's owner, the devil himself. (laughs) Now, how about we raise the stakes, he suggested with a toothy grin. So the devil's a mob boss? Christian devil runs a casino. Christian devil. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not like Hades from Hercules. No, it's like him from Powerpuff Girls. It's all red. <laughs> it's, it's got fucking horns, yellow eyes, the whole thing. We see the beast now with his horrible yellow eyes, to your point, extend a pair of red dice to Cuphead. Win one more roll and all the loot in my casino is yours, the devil boomed. But if you lose, I'll have your souls. Deal? Cuphead's eyes flash with dollar signs, and Mugman hides his face in fear. 
<laughs> which are both reasonable. But Mugman is more realistic. You said that the two cups are brothers? Yes. And the creators are brothers? Yeah. Which one do you think each one related to? I think that the artistic one was Cuphead, which I believe is Chad. Okay. And I just, you know, there's something about Mugman that feels more practical, <laughs> <laughs> which I think would be more of the production operations brother. Okay, if, fair. I want to I bucket them, which probably isn't fair, to left to right brain kind of dynamic. And Mugman is certainly more reserved. Cuphead's a little more off the cuff. Like I said right now, Cuphead hears the devil say, I will eat your fucking soul if you don't win this dice roll, or you can have some money. And Cuphead's like, I love the money part of this. Let's fucking go. And Mugman's like, I would like to go home to Elder Kettle now. This sounds terrible. Trying to be the more practical of the two. Exactly. King Dice watches as Cuphead shakes and rolls the dice, and the devil looks on in full delight. Cuphead, blinded by easy riches, nodded and grabbed the dice for a throw. Good gosh, Cuphead, no, cried Mugman, for he understood the danger. But it was too late. Snake eyes, laughed the devil while slamming the floor. You lose. Uh-oh. The brothers trembled in fear as he loomed over them. Now, about those souls. Did the devil tell you what you're trying to throw? You got snake eyes, so like you're just fucking, it's craps, so you want to throw a winning hand. But if you get snake eyes, you just lose craps, right? No, not necessarily. There is a bet that you can make to get snake eyes. It's like pays 30 to 1. Oh, shit. Well, they fucked that up entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we do live in Las Vegas. We're not just like here for the convention. We live here, so I know a lot about all the casino games and shit. Oh, I know nothing. I just know <laughs> snake eyes is like the bad one. I mean, it can be. It depends on when you throw it. It's a whole thing. If you throw it when the devil has your souls on the line, it's definitely not a good one. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> on the next page, Cuphead and Mugman are fully on their knees begging. The brothers pleaded for their very lives. The, there must be another w w way to repay you, Mugman stammered. Yes, p -p please, mister, Cuphead added. Sorry, are these voiced? No. Okay. <laughs> not in the game. They're not voiced. No, I'm just trying to convey which parts are me being an asshole and which parts have been written by one of the most talented telltale writers of all time. <laughs> so this is all just text on screen. Yes. Okay. It's like a book. So you're seeing the picture right above it and the text in like the lower third bar. Got it. Hmm. Perhaps there is. The devil snickered, pulling out a parchment. I have here a list of my runaway debtors. Collect their souls for me, and I just might pardon you two mugs. So he just became Strauss from Red Dead Redemption 2? Bitch, I literally wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> he is like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to make you go on a mission to get my money now. The devil is a weasel of a man. He is a dirty little weasel of a man. <laughs> I also like that he calls them you two mugs as like a very old school thing to say and they're also literally mugs. Hey, you two mugs. The devil literally kicks them out of the casino by whatever the ass equivalent of a cup is. <laughs> now get going, the devil roared, kicking the boys out most rudely. You have till midnight tomorrow to collect every one of those souls. Otherwise, I'll be the one collecting yours. Cuphead and Mugman were terribly frightened and ran away as fast as they could. Come on, Mug, panted Cuphead. We have to find the Elder Kettle. He'll know what to do. And as we do this, we transition from book 
to gameplay through a cutscene. So this was all just like... You were literally reading a fucking book. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the prologue, bitches. Yeah, that felt like a while. Like, we haven't had to pick up the controller except to, like, go to the next page for a minute. (laughs) Cuphead runs to Elder Kettle, who, again, is is a kettle. And he's supposed to look old like he's got a mustache and like he's a little gray. Like he's Cranky Kong in the Donkey Kong series. <laughs> but he's a little Elder Kettle. <laughs> I love that his name is Elder Kettle and Elder is capitalized. So we know that's like his title. It's not like they're being dicks. Like or it's his like, first name. Or it's his first name. Correct. <laughs> Elder Kettle is like, damn, y'all are in a pickle. <laughs> I know you don't want to go and like be part of the devil's team. Like I don't want. I know you don't want to give your souls to him, but if you refuse, I can't imagine how that's gonna go for you. And you're like, yeah, thanks, Elder Kettle. I know. That's why I'm upset. He's like, sucks to be you. Yeah, he's, he's really just like tough shit. Yeah. Damn. I guess you got to go get ready for some nasty business. The debtors won't be happy to see you like show up and kill them. And you're like, yeah, Elder Kettle. We've processed this, so it's a little frustrating to catch you up on this. Elder Kettle gives Cuphead a magic potion to use on his journey and then sends him on his way to collect the souls of the other debtors. So, yeah, like you mentioned, in our Red Dead 2 episode, we talked about that slimy son of a bitch Strauss who would (laughs) lend money to people and then send Arthur to go beat the shit out of them to pay up. So that's where we're at. We're Arthur. So we're back to being Arthur. All right. Yes, which I am always happy about. I love Arthur Morgan almost as much as my boyfriend, 27-year-old. Dr. Gordon Freeman. (laughs) I love him. I didn't talk about him the last few episodes, and I felt very sad to not give some props to my boy. (laughs) He's so good. Now, back to the matter at hand as we actually enter gameplay on a technical note. This can be one player or you can play two players so you can have a mug man join you. If you're one player, you're just Cuphead, which I get. It's called Cuphead. For the sake of grammar and language, (laughs) we're just going to do a one player campaign throughout this. But just imagine Mugman was there. (laughs) He's along for the ride. Yeah, he's the you know what? He's like he's out here. He's saying sorry. He's talking to neighbors being like, I'm sorry for the noise. We got to go collect some souls. We're in debt to the devil. You know, he's doing the responsible shit. Well, Cuphead is killing everyone. <laughs> he's running and gunning through the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> Mugman's just out here being responsible. Cuphead enters the map and runs into a nice apple-headed boy who gives him three gold coins that can be used for anything he wants at Pork Rinds Emporium. Now, Pork Rinds is literally like a shack run by a big pig, and it sells you power-ups and things to equip during your fight. I love that his name is Pork Rind. That's, that's pretty all. great. I think that's cute. Yeah, it's a little chicharron. After a quick shopping trip, you can that's it's a really good place to start too because that's where you can get enough coins for your first like good pew pew. You can really kind of set yourself up and that's a mechanic that goes throughout the entire game. Again, just really wanted to say Pork Rind is my friend. So it's the upgrade shop. Yeah, exactly. Okay. After this, you can start exploring Inkwell Isle 1. One of the first sections you can encounter is called Botanic Panic, where you fight a bunch of root vegetables that come to life and are supersized. Uh, okay, that's fun. <laughs> I like that's you say supersized, so the cup is tiny, and so you're fighting giant cucumbers and shit. They are easily four times the size of Cuphead. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> you have to shoot a potato, a crying onion, and a very cranky carrot who tries to hypnotize you. <laughs> 
it's only going to get weirder. So like, just roll with it. This is what makes this game fun is explaining what's happening because it's always insane. So also just on a mechanical note, as we get into this world, this is a run and gun game. So similar to some cabinet arcades where you're on one and sometimes maybe a moving screen, you jump and shoot at a big bad. The big bad can change sometimes. Like I said, lots of transitions and won an award for it. And they can move around and they can change how they attack based on how the level progresses. But this is a flat 2D environment, very true to the art style. And you just jump around, you pew pew. It's fun. Okay. I mean, it's difficult as fuck, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if you've seen the gameplay, it looks like it's pretty consistent across the rest of the game. Very much so, which is kind of why I'm trying to give you a lot of context so we can just get into this fun story part after this. But for if you're trying to visualize, I got you. Once we get through the cranky carrot from Botanic Panic as our kind of bottle example of how this functions, you get a scorecard and a little flag goes up so you can see how well you did. When you look at the overhead map, you can be like, oh, yeah, I did that. Hell yeah. It's great, too, because on the map, it's very similar to those old cartoons where everything's watercolored and then the thing that's animated is colored a little brightly. Oh, it is? So you can tell what's going to be interactable. That always bothered me, even as a kid. I've heard as an adult that animators were like, oh, kids can't tell. Yeah, Fuck we fucking you. could. Every time. You'd be like, that door's clearly where Scooby's going to go. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was insulting to us children or how they would reuse the same background. Because again, kids aren't going to notice. No, we noticed. Yeah. And we grew up to do podcasts about it. Yeah. We still enjoyed the storytelling aspects of it, but oh, don't yeah. act like we didn't notice. That's fucking insulting. Yeah. It's an entirely different medium. <laughs> Like, we can see where the cell is versus the watercolor background. Fuck you. And, like, we could notice so much to the point that these guys put it into a video game as, like, a trope. Yeah, and it's not parody or satire. It's in honor of. So, yeah. fuck you. It's, like, truly there. So, but it does make it nice because there's no, like, hidden things, really. You're not like, oh, I can't find the boss. Like, no, fucking look at it. <laughs> you can see it. It's there. Yeah, it's there. So you check out your scorecard. You get a little like, hey, good job. Or like, hey, you fucked up. When the level is technically over and you pass, you get to see the actual soul contract on the parchment. And you get a seal saying that you successfully collected their souls. Because in this world, when you collect a soul, it has to be notarized. You have to notary. <laughs> you need to get a notary public to give you the soul. <laughs> and the parchment of the souls and it's truly just to say you passed the level but this is the insanity of it that made me lose my mind it's a soul contract and it's marked from the devil's office like he has his <laughs> own stationery it's hand signed by king dice and then you have to have it notarized there's a stamp being like soul collected so there's paperwork which i'm sure mugman is responsible for somehow i can't prove it but I'm pretty sure Mugman is dealing with this. I mean, are you surprised to find out hell is all paperwork? <laughs> is this Beetlejuice hell? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You also, while you're here, run into a large coin, just like a personified coin, who goes, fuck the banks. I don't <laughs> trust the banks. I'd rather hide all my gold around town. I love him. Just scattered about town like he's Ron Swanson just burying gold. <laughs> In fucking <laughs> he says he'd be a monkey's uncle if he puts all his moolah in the bank for all he knows the devil probably controls that place too which like yeah 
Yeah, it definitely does. You're 100% right, but I really appreciate the energy you're bringing to this conversation. It's like one of those conspiracy theorists who like has 40 different conspiracies. One of them's right, so therefore he thinks all of them might be right. Yeah, and you're like, well, <laughs> you got a point on one of them, but like birds are real. You know that, right? <laughs> He's like, nah, you've been on Reddit, and you're like, yeah, what the fuck? He says, they'll never get a hold of my gold if I spread it all around, and if some Joe happens to find a coin or two, good for him. And you're like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> He's really just coming out like, fuck the banks. <laughs> I'm going to bury my gold. <laughs> you find some, go for it. Which is just a note to say you can find gold across the map hidden. That's all this functions as, but it comes off so fucking cool in this character. Well, my question is, like, does this take place in the 1930s since it's done in a 1930s style? I believe parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's a great question. (laughs) Um, It's inspired. I wouldn't say it's particularly true to a specific tide year. There's no cell phones. Right. I mean, I think it's as close as they could reasonably get. I would like you to keep that in mind and check me where you're like, that's absolutely like not a 1930s thing. Uh, but it, it's it's reasonably close to the time. I'm just thinking a Depression era mistrust of the banks. Oh, I don't think the Depression has anything to do with that. Okay. <laughs> I think that's just reasonable. <laughs> I don't trust banks either. I'm not burying my money. Please don't go digging around my house. But like. Just someone shows up with a fucking shovel and a Goomba shirt like, I heard Andrea hates the banks. <laughs> but, you know, I get it. We live in the desert. There is not a yard to dig in, I promise you. <laughs> I mean, Lake Mead keeps getting bodies like popping up and shit. There's crazy shit hidden in the desert, to be real. So maybe go for it. Just leave me alone. Yeah, the hills have eyes. Absolutely. There are some quick platforming run and gun sections, literally just called run and gun, marked by a little target symbol on the map. And these are just sections that you run through and can get coins throughout at the end. So you are able to afford power ups, things like that. Um, They're typically themed like this first aisle is very much kind of foresty, woodsy themed. So this one is like you're running through a forest and there's acorns and mushrooms and flowers out to get you and shit like that, which is kind of fun. But, you know, they're nothing too crazy, and they're not particularly plot-relevant. It's more of environmental, so you can get a couple extra coins. Are you replaying levels in order to get money so you can get power-ups in order to move forward? You more want to replay levels to get better scores, just for your ego. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's not... It's not like in Crash Bandicoot where there's things hidden throughout the level that you need to take, because it's just a boss level. Right. So you can kind of run through running guns or try and improve your running gun time to get better coins. But the traditional boss levels that you go through to actually progress in the game and get your notarized contracts do not need to be replayed unless you just want to beat your score. Okay, then. And when I'm going through this, I'm going to make judgment calls on which ones we go through next because they'll kind of open a section where you can go through three bosses and then I'll open a section where you can do two. So we're going to take my pathing that I went through. We'll figure it out. Okay. The next soul you get to collect is Rivian Croaks in Clip Joint Calamity. The other thing when we do these is that when you come up on the encounter, you're like, that's animated different, clearly. <laughs> Let's fucking do this. You get a title card the same way they would do title cards of like those short animated things where they'll be like, Bugs Bunny is Rabbit's Day Out or whatever. So it'll be like the soul that you're trying to get in. Excuse me. So it'll be like the soul that you're trying to get 
in, as in it's featured in this story, and then the title of the boss or title of the chapter or section of the Oh, I totally get what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very, very cute. (laughs) I really like this. So Ribby and Croaks, as you can imagine, are... Oh, frog and toad? They are two frogs. You're 100% correct. (laughs) They are boxers. (laughs) Boxers. And they have a very Yayata vibe to them. Like one of them is spitting fireballs. The other can spin its whole body. But they both have these cheesy boxing gloves. And they're like, I'm going to get you. Like the fighting Irish. Yeah, where they're fighting, but their fists are pointing at themselves, which is not how you throw a punch, (laughs) to be very clear. They can also merge their bodies at one point into a slot machine and spit coins out at you, which I think is what got them in this circumstance in the first place. So that's kind of weird. I was going to say, that's usually winning if a slot machine's spitting coins at you. Yeah. So I guess that's very 1930s. They stopped doing coins in casinos after a <laughs> oh, while. Oh, come on. Not in the 1930s, though. No? No. I mean, they stopped doing coins in like the 2000s. Oh, I'm sorry, but in the 1930s, they had coins. Yeah, they yeah. did. So this is fair for the thematic part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'd have those little cups. Yeah. <laughs> the little cups collecting them. <laughs> ching, 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 ching. Yeah, it was great. So, and... Like I said, with the boss battles, just to dig in, you get them, you get your scorecard, you get notarized, you move on. Nothing crazy. Our next soul is Goopy Legrand in Ruse of an Ooze. Ruse of an Ooze. Uh, So is this like car based? He's literally a blue circle. (laughs) Just a blue circle? (laughs) He bounces around happily and occasionally just expands to attack you. I fully do not understand what this one is. I think it might be a reference to something, but I don't get it. And he can sometimes punch you while he's wearing a boxing glove. And you know what? Not everything is for me. That's okay. (laughs) I don't understand him. But once you get him down to a certain level of health, his transformation turns into a headstone with his own face on the front of the headstone. And he's like, hitting you as a headstone of himself. And then when you actually knock him out all the way, the headstone itself rips in half and he like throbs in sadness. And that's how you know you've stolen his soul. This game is wild. (laughs) I don't even know where to go with that. The concept of blue just attacked you and then turned into a headstone. (laughs) The concept of blue entirely. He's just like goop. And I, his name is goopy. (laughs) What am I going to do with that? It sounds like they ran out of ideas or ran out of paint. (laughs) And they went, yeah, fuck it. It's fine. You can play that in a Tesla. (laughs) I'm just in my Tesla plane. Like it's gloopy. (laughs) It's goopy land. Uh, There's another section of souls that are against kind of a moving background. Like I said, some are flat 2D animations on one background and some are moving through. For the younger kids, similar to Flappy Bird. Where you're going left to right, you're moving. It's a platforming tradition. It's fine. To be able to do this, a little man teaches you how to fly a plane, which is kind of nice. Okay, that's fun. So when you're doing those moving platform running gun pieces, you are fl- you are manning a little aeroplane, which is kind of cute. Kind of like the gummy ships. <laughs> to bring it back. Once you have this, you can go for the soul of Hilda Berg in Threatening Zeppelin. Okay, Hildeberg, so it's <laughs> a big blimp. <laughs> oh, it's worse. She's a sexy... <laughs> a sexy blimp. 
I'm sorry. I hate the fact that I have to describe these as sexy, but that's all I got. She's a sexy, leggy airplane on a unicycle, <laughs> and she turns into an angry sheep in the sky. Like, <laughs> honestly, for a while here, I was thinking these guys sound like they might be super religious, like Scott Cawthon or something huh. like that. But some of this just sounds so ridiculous or drug-induced, even. <laughs> These are some wild ideas. Like, the airplane turned into a sheep in the sky? I mean, this is someone who ended up accidentally losing her soul to the devil in a series of bad gambling issues. So, she's got issues. She's got a lot going on. She's a, she's a woman of many things. Bad decisions are one of them. <laughs> she seems erratic. She can also fight you with tornadoes and constellations because she's in the sky and... You know, I think, Frank, okay, to be real, they showed a lot of restraint with her. They could have made her an astrology bitch, and they just didn't. So <laughs> we have that going for us. But I'm a Capricorn. Are you? No, I'm not. You know that. I don't. No, you're a Virgo. Yeah. I know this. <laughs> I was like, I don't. I genuinely didn't think about your birthday. I thought about what was that meme that my girlfriend sent about my sign in your sign. <laughs> I'm not good at this, and I don't know how the rocks will help me live my life better, but I like candles. I think candles are nice. That's all I got for the lifestyle. I'm sorry. It's not to yucky yum again. Just not my thing. <laughs> the next one is Cagney Carnation in Floral Fury, which I remember playing when this came out the first time and immediately getting the shit kicked out of me so hard. I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Flowey coming out. And uh, taking its revenge. It is literally an angry flower that does a dance while machine gunning seeds at you from its pointy nose. Yeah, I've seen these images. I feel like this one's a very, very popular level to show off. Because it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, why the fuck is this happening? I thought this was going to be fun. Now I'm sad. You guys, I just... I'm not into high fantasy <laughs> at all. Like, we play d and I just play as Cardi B. I am. <laughs> it's true. She's Barty B. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what the B stands for. Cardi Bard. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a guess I'm a rock gnome, but I'm like, you know, I just, I keep putting myself into Met Gala outfits that doesn't matter because like no one's seeing it. We're all pretending. And like, I just, <laughs> I can't get into high fantasy things. There's one little area in all of the aisles that I want to also connect with before we leave this aisle. As we come up on this area, we see a little fish who is sitting by the water fishing. I'll let you unpack that. Yeah, I was going to say the fish has a fishing rod and is fishing. Yes. Oh, that's dark. His name is Arnie Hammer, and he's out here trying to get his own. <laughs> anyway, the fish is like, oh, hey, there's ghosts scaring away the fish. Can you make them go away so I can continue fishing? So you have to chase away the ghost. This game is strange. First of all, ghosts exist. Yep. <laughs> Right behind the little fish who is fishing is a mausoleum. Cuphead enters the mausoleum, and there are just a shit gang of unruly ghosts flying around the mausoleum. And in the middle of the room, there is an urn that is shaking, which is scary. Like it's shaking in the sense that something's trying to get out of it or? Absolutely. Oh, no. As the ghosts are fought off, the urn shakes and then a ghostly figure comes out of the urn once all the other ghosts are gone. And it thanks Cuphead for saving her. Oh. She introduces herself as the legendary chalice. And she kind of looks like a trophy cup situation. She's very beautiful and ornate. 
and she is so grateful to be rescued. She said she was searching for magic, but got trapped by a gang of ghosts, which, bitch, what? <laughs> so she was not a ghost? No. Okay. Kind of. She she seems ghostly, but she's like, ah, these bad ghosts are bad. I'm looking for magic. I got trapped in an urn. And Cuphead's like, what the fuck? So she's a genie. No. <laughs> it sounds like a genie to me. <laughs> she was living inside of a little jar. <laughs> She's kind of magic, kind of a ghost. Yeah, she's a fucking genie. <laughs> anyway, she, as a thank you, she gives Cuphead some magic and explains there's more mausoleums out there. And that's bad. Don't have this many mausoleums. There's not that many characters to need a mausoleum. Let's not do that. So this basically lets you unlock super attacks, so it's fully worth it to do these. And also, there's a legendary chalice cup that's just getting floating around and getting trapped by ghosts as they're on a magic mission. I mean, yeah, this is just a genie running around trying to collect more power, sounds like to me. <laughs> you're like, no, this is fully a genie. And you and gave you magic at the end? Yep, sounds like a wish. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wish with extra steps. Yeah. So now that all of the debtors of the first Inkwell Isle are, I guess, murdered into the fucking ground, and their souls are collected and fucking verified with a goddamn stamp, Cuphead heads over to the die house. It's not macabre or anything. It's literally just a dice. Oh, like a die. Okay, that kind of die house. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, I was actually thinking of like dying like fabric. Oh, I was like, we just talked about a mausoleum, so I think you might be on the track of thinking <laughs> this is like where it happens before you hit the mausoleum. <laughs> no, it's literally a giant dice. It's red like at the casino, and Cuphead enters and connects with King Dice. He's the sleazy casino manager with the dice for a head. Right. He says, dang, you boys really collected some souls. Thanks. And here, to break up the instrumental music that we've been hearing throughout the entire game, we get a little jazzy song about King Dice. About the king himself? Oh, yes. And oh, good. I am going to read you the lyrics now. Again, I will not sing them. I am afraid of being sued. I'm King Dice. I'm the gamest in the land. I never play nice. I'm the devil's right-hand man. I can't let you pass because you ain't done everything. Bring me those contracts. Come on, bring them to the king. If you haven't finished your task, haven't worked adiciously... I cannot let you pass. Don't you mess with me. I'm Mr. King Dice. Heed just what I say. The devil has his price. And I'll make sure you pay. Don't have time to mess around. I hope you will agree. Bring me those contracts pronto. Don't you mess with me. Don't mess with King Dice. Thank you for that beautiful rendition. <laughs> I only hated myself a lot during it. So. <laughs> anyway, he's like, cool. Good job, Cuphead. <laughs> <laughs> As, to also be clear he's not singing this this music is just happening while you're reading text on a screen so there's like two conversations happening of him being like hey thanks you can move on to the next island and then the music is being like don't mess with me I am King Dice I have problems with authority you know so, so layering over itself yeah of him having a full mental break which is great anyway he's like yeah good job move on to the next aisle keep getting those souls Good job, you. <laughs> so as we leave Inkwell Isle 1, the forest and woodland creature area, we get into Isle 2. How many are there? Three. Okay, good. So we're fine. As Cuphead and Mugman set off for 
Inkwell Isle 2, Elder Kettle rolls up on them. He says, guys, hang on. Thank the stars I caught up with you. I believe I found a way out of the mess you're in. Cuphead says, hot dog, you have? Elder Kettle explains, your strength is growing. You'll soon be a match for that no good King Dice. And maybe even the devil himself. Which is like a lot to say. I mean, he is really encouraging you to just keep gaining power and to kill the devil. To but... kill Christian devil. <laughs> Cuphead and Mugman are so excited. And they say, golly, do you really think? Elder Kettle says, I do. But you'll never get close to the devil unless you already have those soul contracts in hand. Only then will you get a chance to turn the tables on that fiend. So when the time comes, do the right thing. I hope they do. <laughs> so Elder Kettle's like, hey, I see you bopping around and stealing souls. You could probably translate that into some other workable skills. That's important to learn is how to translate skills from one industry over to another. And that's why we're requesting a sponsorship from Skillshare. Please send us money. <laughs> How fucked up would that be if that was an ad? And we have no sponsors, but that would be funny. And if you are out there and want to sponsor us, I promise I will work it in and it'll be weird. <laughs> Which... Yeah, that's probably going to really entice them to sponsor us if you promise to make it weird. <laughs> hey, boss. No, no, no. It'll be really funny. She said it'll be, she'll make it weird. It's great. <laughs> anyway, Cuphead enters Inkwell Isle 2 which is more like circus and vaudeville themed where the last one was like woodland themed. Okay. So we're going to get weird with it. There's tents and there's like a cupcake house and all sorts of very themey areas. One of the first areas you see is Jimmy the Great, who is an Egyptian looking pyramid. His section is called Pyramid Peril. This probably won't be insensitive. <laughs> Jimmy, spelled D-J-I-M-M-I, is a genie on a magic carpet who shoots gold at you from a treasure chest and is smoking a tobacco pipe. All right. I mean, genies are in this game. <laughs> I just want to establish right now. I did not know genies were going to be in this actual fucking game. And be like literally the next thing we talk about. So I am doubling down on saying that last chick was absolutely a genie. His feet are magic lamps. <laughs> it's so cute. He's been a genie longer. Yes, he's got more merch. Yeah. <laughs> There's some airplane play here as you essentially break down the pyramid from the inside and avoid him as he comes out of a tomb like the goddamn mummy because they're kind of mixing metaphors here, but it's fine. And at one point, they just straight up do Pinocchio with him and have a wooden boy held up by strings shooting at you from a gun in his finger. And also the genie tries to hypnotize you. They throw a lot of shit at you. There's so much in this. <laughs> And so, like, jumping around and dodging all these bullets, do you have just a single life? Do you have a health bar? You do have a health bar, and you can increase that health bar by accomplishing certain things and by buying power-ups, by working with the ghost chalice and the mausoleum to get, like, super boosts and things like that. So it's not a one-hit wonder, one-hit-down kind of thing. You can manage some stuff, but, you know, it's possible to not get hit at all. Which is insane. Well, I'm thinking of like old run and gun games. Mm -hmm. And so there were always like power ups coming out and stuff like that while you were in the middle oh. of a fight as well. Are you getting health increases? No. Are you getting new bullet kind of variants? No, you you load up and you go in and you, you got what you got. Damn. So you can't like increase your health while you're in the middle of a fight. Nah, you're just no fucking, healing up. You're out there. 
Okay. Which is crazy. Coming up on a wooden roller coaster, which I think you'll like because I don't know if it's been brought up here, but Tom is a big amusement park enthusiast. Love roller coasters. Yeah. Why would you not? Coming up on a wooden roller coaster, we encounter Beppy the Clown, spelled B-E-P-P-I, just for some flavor, for Carnival Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle's a good word. It's such a good word. I love it. I like the old-timey words they keep using. Yeah, I'm feeling more and more like this definitely does take place in like the 30s. Okay, yeah. I, I, I wanted your opinion. I feel like you are more versed in this world, especially of animation and like American culture. Like you have a sense of what the media perceives and tells the story as. Oh, well, thanks. I didn't realize I did. <laughs> I mean, better than me. I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> He's a red and blue clown who sits in a bumper car and has those like ducks that you're supposed to shoot in carnival games. Yeah. Dancing above and they're shooting at you. <laughs> I love that. He, I like that they're shooting back. <laughs> he eventually blows his head up like a balloon and has a loose dog head attack you while a roller coaster line of cars, like a train of them, of carts, pass by you that you have to avoid. <laughs> That's freaking great. So like his head is turning into one of those things like where you're squirting the water gun exactly. and it's supposed to blow up the balloon until it explodes. Right. And there's just a loose dog head, which kind of is, is just happening. <laughs> I mean, there's usually a loose dog somewhere at the carnival. So <laughs> unattended animals. <laughs> and then also you're doing this on an active roller coaster pass. So you're like having to jump to get away from people that are coming ramming at you, which is great. He also sits on a donkey parading as a carousel horse and the donkey's like, like doing that donkey shit at you. So, okay, Shrek, I see you. <laughs> and finally, in another allusion to TOC alum and, I know, the valedictorian of this era, he becomes a giant tent with spinning seats in the air <gasps> in the same way that Bertram Piedmont turned From into a goddamn amusement park ride to try and kill you. From Bendy and the Ink Machine? Bertram walked so Beppy could run, baby. <laughs> this is just, you know, that old classic indie game 2017 trope of a bad guy who's an amusement park ride trying to kill you. <laughs> that old trope. That old peanut. Oh, I love that we've covered two games where someone has become an, a personified amusement park ride to kill you. Why is that happening? But we've seen that happen on this show before. Where, like, <laughs> Dead Space and Bioshock yeah. were kind of similar ideas that went off in two different directions and made two different games. Yeah, th they both got the same prompt of murderous amusement park ride and went completely different ways with it. I'm wondering if there's any crossover between teammates. I mean, again, Mike Mood and the Meatly were very much alone when they first did Bendy. So, yeah. no, there's definitely no crossover there. And that was episodic, so I believe that that... This came out first because this was a full game delivered where Bendy was five different chapters that came out over the course of several months. That's true. And granted, they both had really big online presences and like communities built up around them even mm -hmm. before the games came out. Yeah. Both were already had a cult following because of the art style because they're both based on Flusher Studios. <laughs> I imagine like a lot of fandom crossover between the two as well. Oh, certainly. This fandom. Yeah. <laughs> People in this room. Absolutely. But I just could not believe when I got to this section that there was another goddamn roller coaster villain. Next, you're going to say there's a Henry in this game, and then it was all collapse. Our next soul is Henry Henry. Okay. <laughs> it's just the Firewatch Henry. 
<laughs> Give me the indie early mid aughts like fucking super smash bro version but it's like henry from Firewatch and henry from fucking bendy and then just bendy fucking <laughs> cuphead and Mugman. yeah give me that like weird b team of indie shit i love it and obviously sans yeah he just gets to show up Who's again actually in super smash yeah because <laughs> <laughs> fuck it why not the giant cuphead reveals itself to be the home of Baroness Von Bonbon, and we attack her in Sugarland Shimmy. <laughs> the Bonbon? So this is like candy themed. Yes. An angry cake house and a very stuck-up lady shoot waffles and candy tarts at you. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say at these things. It just keeps getting more and more ridiculous. It, it's hard to believe this came from a small team. Yeah. Because it sounds like everyone got weird prompts out of a hat and then had to come <laughs> with like, here's how I put it together. And they're like, yeah, for sure. Go for it. Yeah. I imagine like, I want to see some of like the rejected ideas oh that came God. out of this. Cause... <laughs> I want to see the ones that were marked too weird for sure. <laughs> yeah. Because in this one... <laughs> she has small jelly bean soldiers with swords. They are armed who launch themselves at you to protect the lady of the house of the gingerbread house. I guess I don't lady of the gingerbread house. Lady, All right. Lady of the gingerbread house. Yes. Jawbreakers break down through their layers and she has a candy cane shotgun that she shoots you with. And then the house itself eventually gets angry and starts attacking you and chases you to get away from the Baroness. And I can't help but feel like there's some sort of through line between Popeye using his spinach to defeat people and you trying to defeat the candy in some sort of like dental propaganda. <laughs> Timmy the Tooth, you know? I was just thinking this is like the Candyland version of the Baba Yaga. I want you to hold on to that thought. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> because our next one, our very next one that I have here is Wally Warbles in aviary action. <laughs> He's literally a big-ass bird that is too big from his birdhouse, and his head sticks out the front, his wings come out the windows and the sides, and his feet below stick out like the Baba Yaga house. <laughs> Perfect. There's also two small birds that have loose nails strapped to their backs attacking you. So it was like they finished off that last level. They were like, got Baba Yaga stuck in their head. Like, <laughs> I feel like we can do more with this. Yeah. What if we had little <laughs> bird friends with nails strapped to their backs? <laughs> so truly, yeah, they were in they were in the zone and they were like, yeah, no, fucking leave it. That's great. Let's keep this going. Yes. It works. Let's fucking go. As you approach a tall tower with spires and ivy branches all around it, Cuphead encounters Grim Matchstick in Fiery Frolic. Grim is a whole ass fire breathing dragon. <laughs> oh, really? I was just going to picture a match. Oh, <laughs> I would not put that past this game. This is insane. But yeah, this is pretty, pretty straightforward, like storybook shit, which is cute. You are a cup with a gambling problem is where I want to stop and bring this back to, to center. We are fighting a dragon. You are a cup that rolled a bad hand in craps. But you need to steal the dragon's soul. In order to pay off the crap step? Yes, which is difficult because Grim can also evolve into a larger dragon with three heads who all breathe fire and rain darkness. And still only count as one fucking soul. I know! <laughs> you only get the one notary for Right. <laughs> it's a whole ass thing. There's, of course, another mausoleum here, so you have to help save 
the same legendary chalice who keeps getting into trouble with ghosts, which like after the second time, bitch, go online, go find your magic <laughs> somewhere else. What is happening with you? You seem stressful for me as a tiny cup who is trying to save myself. And like also, to be fair, in the beginning, the devil himself said you have until tomorrow, like at midnight, you know, you have a timer. You have to move very, very quickly to get these souls. Bitch, I will come back to you in the mausoleum. <laughs> I am on a time crunch. Like, if this was Mugman, Mugman would absolutely have zero patience for this shit. Mugman is like, no, we are on a timer. Let's go. Cuphead's like, I'll go fight a ghost. Why not? But I mean, what are the chances you're going to do a side mission after the main mission is complete? Oh, it's not going to happen. But <laughs> just for logic's sake, I am team Mugman. <sighs> and like, Part of me also feels like perhaps the cha legendary chalice is the lineage of saving the damsel in distress that they had kind of toyed around with originally in the game in earlier versions. Hmm. And they were like, okay, well, what if we had that element? Because it is nice to save, you know, a pretty girl, whatever. That's the trope. And instead of that being the end, that's a power up. So it's optional, but it is heavily rewarded. Like you do get a really good power up out of that. And it's free instead of having to go to pork rinds or the Emporium to get shit. No coins are spent. You just have to work really hard for it. Yeah, you gotta fight a lot of ghosts. Real thing I just said. And really, this girl just needs to go to the genie level if that's where she wants to learn all the <laughs> genie powers. <laughs> She's already got the genie shit going. Like, let's do this. But no, she wants to go after ghosts. <laughs> Dumbass. The, the powers are pretty good there. Alright, so now with all of the souls from Inkwell Isle 2, we head over to the local die house to check in with King Dice. And his song is playing because, of course, it is. That's his theme. Yeah. It shows a lot of ownership for him to have such a vested interest in the souls getting taken by Cuphead and partially by Mugman, if that's how you get down. King Dice is like, oh, shit. Yeah, I underestimated you bums. He calls them bums. Oh, you bums. You crumb bums. Just bums. But you really got all those souls, so keep getting the souls. He told you to get how many? Seven? There's not a number. So there's five on the first inkwell aisle. There's five on the second, and there's seven on the third. So 17. But yeah. some of them are also doubles, because like Ribby and Croak are on one. So how do you quantify that? And that three-headed dragon should have absolutely counted as more than one. <laughs> it's not per heart. It's per brain, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you want to split hairs. So yeah, let's, let's call it 20 to account for some bonus ones. You know, is that fair? 20, 25? I just feel like Cuphead should have done their job and clarified at the beginning of this. <laughs> how many? How many are you going to need? Because otherwise you just keep saying, get me more souls. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and then I'm just your slave getting you souls, killing people. This was done with the devil. Yeah, I get that. It's not supposed to be the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason this is a little uh, not super straightforward. So to that point, though, also, as... Cuphead enters Inkwell Isle 3, which, like I said, is the last island. We get a cutscene of King Dice chatting with his boss, the Christian Devil. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so weird that, like, a deity in a religion is so ingrained in culture that can be used as, like, a cartoon video game boss. <laughs> like... That's not a thing. We're like Tom. I I'm partially Irish. Tom's very Irish. You know what the Irish Lord of Death's name is? Doug. Doug. His name Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I am petitioning here <laughs> to have more villains named Doug in his honor. Anyway, 
King Dice says to the devil, These little mugs have some fight in them, I'll say that much. They're making mincemeat out of these deaders. The devil says, You see, I knew there was something special about those fellas. King Dice looks suspicious. He says, Well, don't be too sure just yet, boss. I think there's something fishy about those two. The devil reassures him, saying, Don't blow your wig, Dice. If those two little finks try anything, I'll be waiting. Again, King Dice is just a dice on a body and has no hair or wig. So that was just a crazy thing to say. Well, I'm also like really curious because we've been running through with Cuphead and Mugman this entire time. Yeah. We're not up to anything nefarious at all, right? No, we're literally saving bitches from ghosts and then doing our job. There's nothing nefarious you can do. You can't destroy anything. There's nothing to vandalize, which would be my obvious first instinct. Um, Yeah, you're doing nothing wrong. So King Dice really just sounds like he is trying to undermine a coworker. Oh, absolutely. He got a, a freelancer came in and is fully kicking ass at it. And he's like, I don't want to get hired. I yeah. can't afford that on my payroll. I think I saw him stealing office supplies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the devil smiles to the audience and we come back to Cuphead entering Inkwell Isle 3. Which is such a, it's a great imagery to be real. Like, I do, I do love the art of this and having him spike the camera down the middle and smiling. You're like, hell yeah. Oh, that's good. Inkwell Isle 3 is like a metropolitan big city themed area. But again, these themes are real loose. (laughs) We, We don't have to put too much love into thinking about the theming. It's not, we'll roll with it. Okay. Ghosts are still gonna show up again. There is a mausoleum. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The first building we see is a really tall yellow one where we find one of my favorite named souls to capture. Rumor Honey Bottoms. (laughs) Rumor Honey Bottoms is great. (laughs) Rumor Honey Bottoms is featured in Honeycomb Herald. Rumor Honey Bottoms is a big ass bee drenched in honey in a beehive that kind of looks like a busy office building, which like metaphor nailed it. Busy bee. Office building, metropolitan area, fucking nailed it. Got that drip. Got that drip. (laughs) There's filing cabinets and like small bees coming after Cuphead. And then the queen bee herself, Rumor, I'm assuming, has the staff. So she tries to shoot at Cuphead and it's a whole fucking thing. It looks like it could be a newspaper agency because her name's Rumor. So I'm guessing it's like, ah, I gotta get on the papers and say that the devil's hired a cup. Oh, okay, because they got the the buzz around town as well. Yes! Yeah, okay, that's more of the metaphor going, too. I didn't even think about the buzz, yeah. Yeah, okay, That's so it's like the... uh, Buzzy bee, busy bee. Investigative journalist. In a literal junkyard, we encounter a mad scientist managing an iron giant-looking-ass robot. And we're here to get the soul of Dr. Cal's robot in Junkyard Jive. Would you call this like the outskirts of town? I'd say so. It's not super centralized in the middle. Like we have to kind of go a little ways off to the beaten path and there's like a tire fire going on and some shit like that. Okay. And it's also to this point, are we fighting the robot or are we fighting the doctor? Is it Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster? Anyway, it's like the Iron Giant and it's... It says it's the soul of the robot on the contract, but it is being manned by a physical person inside of a mech. So it's more of like a repo of the giant. I'm not 
quite sure. This one's one of those tricky <laughs> ones that we have to uh, get a little philosophical if we want to put a hard number on the amount of souls captured. This could be a game theory, but that's not us. We are game facts, bitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess technically if there's somebody inside the robot operating it. Their property of the robot? The There is technically <laughs> a soul inside of that robot. Oh, goddamn. It doesn't necessarily have to belong to that robot. And then we have to ask, does this robot pass the Turing test? (laughs) (laughs) This is what this podcast is for. Investigative video game journalism. (laughs) Anyway, the scientists can get all Eggman about it and ride around in a small saucer, which it it just, it felt so Eggman the way it was happening. And he's like laughing maniacally at Cuphead while this is happening. This level's pretty fucking cool. I mean, all of the references to older games are very blatant, and I love it. They know what they're doing. They're clearly fans. These aren't randos who got hired. These This is clearly an act of love. And it's very fun as an audience member who's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Back in town, in a simple, small, red house, kind of closer in the middle of town, we walk in for the soul of Werner Werman in Marine Corps. Oh, Marine Corps. Like... The Marines, like the, the military. That's yes, good. Like exactly. That. So here's a mouse that lives in a Campbell's soup can who seems to be like setting paranoid military traps for Cuphead all over the house. There are like heroic medals and bullets and soda bottle caps on display on this like crazy wooden level that you're playing on. Like the back are all slats of wood. So it looks like walls. Okay. Is it supposed to be like you're in some kind of military vet's house yeah but you're fighting a mouse so you're like really small okay which is kind of cute and everything looks big once the mouse in the can are defeated the wooden level behind it makes way for a gigantic cat who attacks cuphead so now we are full just tom and jerry i was gonna say this is just tom and jerry now this is awesome yeah through the eyes of like military paranoia (laughs) and as cuphead defeats the cat the cat's face falls off and it shows that the mouse was actually in the mechanical cat controlling the cat's actions so it was a robo cat this one felt weirdly high concept for (laughs) what was happening um (laughs) we had a plain woman turn into a goat earlier we did and like several baba yaga references (laughs) but this one felt weird so i just want to throw that out there I was really sad that the cat wasn't real. <laughs> I'll throw this out there as well. I was like, hell yeah, I love cats. And we didn't get a cat. Oh. Here's where we're going. We got another fucking mech. <laughs> On a nearby docked pirate ship, speaking of fun concepts, Cuphead finds the soul of Captain Brinybeard in shootin' and lootin'. I love a good pirate level. Oh my god. There's basically two in here, too. Yeah. They're like ocean-y themed, which is great. He's a big brawny pirate. Like, think of a brawny pirate. That's him. All beef chested and all that shit. On a sentient pirate ship. The ship itself is alive? Yes. I like that. He also has one wooden leg, which, love that. Good for you. Hobbling around. Is that a real thing? Yeah, that's absolutely a real thing. They just, like, stick, like, a wooden stick at the end of the stump? I mean, it's a little bit more complex than that. I think it's got like a little holster and stuff for your stump to go into, but yeah. Okay, but like, I'm thinking of the cartoons, obviously. I don't. I can't think of a situation where I've seen this IRL or depicted IRL. It was likely somebody had a crutch and somebody saw it from a weird angle the first time oh. and thought, oh my gosh, does that guy just have a wooden foot, like a little stump as, as a leg? And it kind of 
morphed and transformed from there. Okay, that actually makes sense. I get you there. Because also, like, that's how we get mermaids, right? Is yeah. They saw manatees, and they're like, yeah, same deal. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Which, if you've ever seen a manatee in real life... <laughs> they are eight feet tall and wide. Yeah. They are gray. That does not look like a hot lady. It really... And it, I get it, like, you see something underwater, it looks the different size and shit, but damn, a manatee is literally the size of a cow. Yeah. What the fuck? How do you confuse that for being a person in general? I have no idea. Anyway, the pirate sends a squid to attack you with ink. It's the Kraken. <laughs> it's the Kraken. The ship sends cannonballs out of it, and at one point, a shark jumps onto the dock Cuphead is occupying to attack him. It's fucking awesome. And the shark is attacking you as well? Yes. Oh, awesome. Because he controls the sea, I think. Now, the shark itself, is it still just like, looks like it's swimming, but in the air? Or is it standing on like its fins? It is like curved like it would be swimming. It does not have legs. It is not trying to emulate a two-footer. Okay. Bipedal. A a (laughs) two-footer. Bipedal, yes. I had the word in my head and my brain just went close enough. (laughs) Over by the docks, as you go a little further past the pirate ship, is the soul of Cala Maria, who we find in High Seas Hijinks. Oh, is this the second one that's more about the ocean that you were saying? Yes. Now, she's a mermaid, and she has an octopus head. (laughs) And she just picks up a big fish and squeezes it to attack you, and it shoots out fireballs at you while you ride an airplane. Now, in what way is she a mermaid if she has an octopus head? Okay, so instead of hair, she has an octopus head. Maybe that's more clear. Like tentacles for hair? Like kind of a Medusa moment. Yeah, but there's also like the bulbous head of the octopus, which kind of looks like a a bun. Oh, weird. She's fucking cool as shit, to be real. She can scream ghosts at you because I think that's like a sea siren thing. Oh, I get you. And there's also a wall of puffer fish that come to envelop the entire screen, which I love. I fucking love puffer fish. And it's this whole like... Almost bullet hell moment if we want to talk like an Undertale lineage, but it's great. I was going to say, are they like little falling bombs? Yeah, yeah. You have to avoid them. It's just a thing you got to avoid, but it's so cool. She can also control electric eels and have them swipe at you. At one point, her body turns to stone and just her head floats away and you follow it beyond the reef and into the depths of the ocean to kill her and take her soul away because she owes the devil money. See? You followed the head, right? Yes. Not the body? Correct. So the head is where the soul is contained, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so the soul is hard confirmed to be in the brain. So that dragon, I'm sorry I'm going back to this fucking three-headed dragon. Go off. That still should have counted as three goddamn souls if the head is where the soul is kept. Okay, so with the robot, though, you end with the man doing the mech inside of a robot head. So, like, is that a double? Hmm. Again, I think, like I said, it doesn't matter whose soul it is. It's inside of the robot. As long as it's in the goddamn head. Yeah. (laughs) It's per brain. One soul per brain. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's where we're getting. Okay. You might like this next one. We come up on a theater, and we find the soul of Sally's stage play in Dramatic Fanatic. I mean, you put anybody on a stage play, I'm going to be much more interested. (laughs) Sally's stage play is like a rubbery armed skinny blonde who has a parasol umbrella and she pops around a stage to beat you with it. 
It appears we're interrupting a love scene as we look up and the stage is set for a chapel. There's a man in a tuxedo and like a guy kind of looking like a priest moment up there. Like, was she about to get married? What's happening in this show? She's about to marry her beau, see? (laughs) The curtain closes and then we're in a scene of her in front of a house and there's a baby throwing things at you from that house. So now I think the play is going through like the stages of life. It's marriage story. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Slamming on the wall and shit. Right. (laughs) For the third act of the play, she's lifted down as an angel. And now we're in space. So like she's dead and ascending. Oh, so we went through her whole life. I'm so sorry. Which is also weird because this is a stage play and we know that the devil exists and he does shit with souls. So like this is a fictional story of what might happen in the afterlife despite this world having hard evidence of what happens in the afterlife. (laughs) I'm not going to think about it too much. And then of course there's a finale where we see the audience cheering. It's very Mystery Science 3000 where there's like a line of shadows of audience being like, hell yeah. Just silhouetted heads. Yeah. And Sally is suspended from the top catwalk as an angel and you have to shoot at her just ruining her fucking opening night or whatever. (laughs) It's wild. And of course, our girl, Legendary Challenge, she's up here in another mausoleum and you think by now she'd stop fucking around with ghosts you would hope but no she keeps fucking around with ghosts (laughs) she's trying to find some magic she keeps fucking around with ghosts all right our last soul to capture in inkwell aisle three before we can move on is on some train tracks we come upon a train stopped in the road and encounter the phantom express something that might ruin your theory Because this is a literal haunted train in Railroad Wrath. A haunted train? I mean, I've seen haunted trains in video games before. Have you seen them with a brain? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, what? Yeah, Final Fantasy VI. There's a great moment with uh, the Phantom Train. I haven't played this, so I don't know if you're fucking with me or not. And I would like you to please confirm. You always ask if I'm fucking with you. I am never fucking with you. Sometimes you might be. (laughs) You're just hoping one of these times I am. Your ass just said, oh yeah, I can think of another big video game with a sentient train you have to fight. Like, that's not fucking crazy. (laughs) Are you serious? Railroad Wrath is also such a good fucking, like, last mission title. It's so good. This one is hard as fuck. It's literally a ghost train. And sometimes there's a skeleton that attacks you from the train with the occasional, like, flying jack-o'-lantern sending down projectiles. Also, the train is, like, very angry to have lost everything at the casino because he is, like, pissed. You're getting faces. He's spinning lightning bolts out at you. It's a whole fucking thing. See, I have questions about all of these debtors that we have, too, because you assume with the devil, if he has your soul already, you're not a great person. Probably. Yeah. Like King Dice, totally owned by the devil. Not a good dude. And all these people who are losing their souls to the devil now. Yeah. That would imply they were good people. I mean, at some point, I guess they are indebted. They all went and they gambled and they lost. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just certainly you're, to your point, they have the potential for being good. Like they probably have families and people who love them and people who invested in their success and livelihood. And now they're just angry that some asshole cop is out here being like, hey, the, you owe the devil a soul. And they're like, what the fuck? I ran away to not deal with that. And you're like, nah, I'm a cup 
in the railroad wreath or whatever the fuck it's called. Like, sounds like it has a job to do. It's the Phantom Express, and his segment is called Railroad Wrath. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I would imagine this railroad probably ferries people to the underworld, which like, oh. the devil needs that. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> but if he has his soul and he has him under his thumb and he doesn't have to pay him insurance and shit. Oh, shit. Then he's indebted to you instead of you having to pay him. The real devil here is capitalism <laughs> which means like that little coin that was like fuck you the devil runs the banks i'm gonna hide all my money we should just you know trade in stock and and like grains and shit i don't know this is getting weird cuphead is making me go full uh fucking off the grid i mean it really is just the personification of money is the root of all evil yes and don't gamble <laughs> Anyway, after you kill a train, which may or may not have a brain, we saw a skeleton, and you could see through it, there was no brain in there, and it's also a fucking train, so how do you pull the soul out of that one? The conductor? The conductor was the skeleton! I mean, I'm just trying to think in, like, the same rules as the robot. Now, after this one, we cross the train tracks to the entrance of the casino, which is conveniently located... On the wrong side of the tracks. Hey, there you go. It's I, I actually really appreciated that. I was like, okay, that's a nice touch to make the train the last one. You got to cross the train to get to the casino. Bring the wrong side of the tracks back. That's really fucking good. The steps that surround the entrance read, try your luck. And as we go to the wrong side of the tracks, Cuphead re-enters the casino. As we enter the casino, the screen welcomes us to Inkwell Hell. Inkwell hell now? Yes, we're in hell. Okay, I was really worried we were going to walk in and it was going to be the beginning of the game again, like Bendy and the fucking ink machine. Literally Inkwell hell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can only pull that off so many times in one year. (laughs) Like 2017, banger year for ink. (laughs) We enter and a screen comes up, just like in all the soul screens before, saying King Dice in All Bets Are Off. Oh, now you finally have to go up against King Dice. Oh, yeah. We come up on bald-ass King Dice, who says, (laughs) Well, looky here. You actually pulled it off. But you made me lose a bet. And for that, you ain't seeing the boss just yet. We're going to play a little game first. You find yourself in a craps table with King Dice winking at the camera and pulling you in battle. Oh, shit. So wait, are you battling on a craps table? Yes. Okay, so you don't actually have to play craps again. No. <laughs> okay. Well, there's this. There's kind of a dice hopping thing where you have to move across the craps board. To be able to move across the craps board, you do have to do a bit of a dice roll. Now, the dice roll relates to kind of these different segments of the craps table. And based on what number you roll, you can be safe and skip a battle, or you have to battle one of King Dice's cronies. It is fucking wild. And is this just a random number generator, or are you going to be in a specific order? It's closer to Mario Party, where the dice is rolling, and you kind of jump and hit it to get it to land on what you want. Okay. Which is great. So as you go through, there's some variety. Based on what number you land on, in the dice roll, so to speak, you will do a different battle. There are a couple safe squares that you can land on, so you don't have to do a battle, but for funsies, I'm going to tell you what all the battles are. Okay. 
One is Tipsy Troop. They are a bunch of booze bottles. Chips Bedigan, who is a stack of poker chips. Mr. Wheezy, who is a cigar. Pip and Dot, which are dominoes, which I don't believe are a casino thing anymore. No, but there is a lot of betting in like side streets and alleys and stuff using dominoes. That's true. Yeah, you can make, like in Red Dead. Yeah. <laughs> this sorry. is Red Dead. So far, I'm hearing vices. Okay, yeah. Um, The next one is Hoppus Pocus, which is a magic rabbit in a hat. Okay, I got nothing there. <laughs> I mean, it's about con artists and being, you know, a bit of a flim flam. <laughs> but to your point, the, the one following is Fear Lap. A horse derby skeleton horse evil thing. Yeah. Betting on the ponies. This one's really beautiful. Her name's Piruletta, a roulette table that looks like a ballerina. So the spinning part of the roulette table is her tutu. I like that. It's really cool. Is it spinning too? Yeah. I like that. Mangostein, who is a an eight ball from pool, and he's like magical and angry. Oh, but not like a magic eight ball where you ask it questions and it gives you answers? Nope. That is not a vice. That is just a toy. I was going to say, yeah, if you're using like a magic eight ball to make all your life decisions, that's definitely like a weird vice to have. (laughs) Entirely. But being addicted to gambling at pool and like saying you're a pool shark. Yeah. That. Okay. We're we're back on track. Like Uncle Phil. Yeah. In in one of the best episodes of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's true. And then the final one is Mr. Chimes, which you're going to appreciate because he is a mechanical monkey that plays the cymbals like in the Phantom of the Opera. Well, you know I love Phantom of the Opera. I do. I do know that. It's the shit. Yeah, Dr. Spin wrote that. (laughs) Please don't make me angry all over again about (laughs) Andrew Lloyd Webber's secret DJ name. Anyway, these are all pretty short. They're not crazy boss battles. And King Dice does a lot to try to get you to fight and hurt your feelings about it. It's a whole thing. After these mini bosses, King Dice sends a kick line of playing cards at you. They're all aces. He gets frustrated. He starts screaming when you knock him out. With King Dice defeated, you exit the casino and go to the adjacent office looking like king piece on a chessboard next to the casino like not all of it like really nails the theme but it's fun <laughs> it's, you know? it's gaming in general yeah it's, it's more of a suggestion <laughs> which also that is one of the most jarring things here in las vegas i can tell you is when you see a bar that's like gaming bar and you're like oh cool that's gonna be a barcade no, no a gaming bar in las vegas literally means there's like video poker in the bar top which is every bar top to be which real. is every bar top so you think that there's a lot of like barcades around Nah, there's like three it's so funny i went home one weekend after living here for so long and i went to a bar with my girlfriends and i looked down and i was like there's no poke <laughs> this is just this is just wood there's just wood here there's, what? there's no gaming built into this into this bar it was like oh vegas privilege got it what are you supposed to do here at the bar I just to fucking talk to people look and talk gross what the fuck you you guys have a like a pack of cards i can do this manual like let's go i love how we're saying like don't gamble and then also talking about how <laughs> boring it is if you can't gamble but i do appreciate the uh <laughs> <laughs> that about this yeah i do love being in casinos but i don't make deals with the devil so i'm not a cup that's true as cuphead comes up to the strange chess piece building looking for the devil he has his like 
I'm here to speak to the manager moment, which is <laughs> so great when the manager is the devil. Right. <laughs> As we enter the devil's office, we get a card that comes up and says, the devil in one hell of a time. These titles are fantastic. I got to give it credit. Telltale writers. Yeah. Fucking killing it. The devil sits on a huge throne and says, well, 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 look how far you've come. Not only did you bust up my good-for-nothing lackey, King Dice, but I see you've got my soul contracts as agreed. Hand them over and join my team. See, I knew it. There was no getting out of this. Um, actually, here's where the game splits. He offers to have you join Team Devil because now there's an opening with King Dice, like, dead or whatever. Right. And the player has the choice to hand over the souls collected and join the Devil's team or whatever, or not. Ooh, become the good guy or the bad guy. Yeah, so let's be bad. (laughs) If Cuphead chooses to hand over the souls and agree to join the Devil's team, the Devil says... You're mine now, and we're going to have a hell of a time down here. And then we cut to Cuphead, who's now in blue, and Mugman, who's now in purple, with red in their eyes and anger in their faces, and they are laughing while engulfed in flames at their feet of the devil. Yeah, I mean, you turn your eyes red, that means you're evil. (laughs) We all know that. And the devil laughs on at his new cronies. And that's just the end of the game. (laughs) You're just like, yeah, you're bad now. We just go bad and that's it. That's it. All right, but here's the good ending because that's what you guys really want to do. You say, I won't hand over the souls to the devil because that's super fucking wrong. (laughs) You already collected them. What are you going to fucking do with them? I own the souls now. Fuck you, devil. (laughs) The devil says, welching on me just like all the others, eh? I'll teach you for backing out of a deal. Have at you. Which, like, who says welching? That's insane. Who says have at you? The devil. (laughs) (laughs) He screams and flames come up all around him. Iconic. The devil sits on his throne with a trident, because he's Poseidon now, and becomes more of a big black goat while he attacks you. So not only... (laughs) Is he like a cheesy devil? And then he just turns into a goat. So he, now he's like pagan devil. I was going to say he's like Baphomet coming out. Yeah. It's like the witch for some reason. I'm going to be all the devils. Yeah. Just generic devils. Small purple devils come out and try to chase you through the screen. There are volcanoes going off in the background. And sometimes the devil just shoots his big goat head up. And a long neck turns into a dragon to chase you across the screen. I mean, it is the devil. He's got some power. <laughs> he does some yoga, man. He be doing <laughs> some shit. You fight down to actual hell. Like Christian cheeseball hell. <laughs> like <laughs> where Cuphead has to bounce between falling rock platforms and the devil just like looking on grinning. There's like literally just like walls of fire. There are flaming poker chips, which feels appropriate, (laughs) falling down from the sky through hell as you're descending. The devil looks disappointed that Cuphead's not dead and begins to wail. He's literally sobbing as flaming poker chips fall, and eventually he's knocked out, and the devil 
the Lord of the Underworld is defeated by a cup. By a cup. By a little cup man. Little cup man. Now, was the devil crying fire? Yes. I love it. I was just, I was picturing like little Uh, lava balls flying out of his eyes. You fully nailed it. Okay, good. From here, we return to the book format from the beginning, and we see Cuphead and Mugman laughing as the devil sits in his throne, covered in bandages, missing one of his horns, and holding up a red flag. But he lived? Yeah, he's not going to die. We let the devil live? (laughs) Yeah, he just kicked the shit out of him. Made him cry uncle? Just jumped him. And then we're like, fuck you. We're good. Is Cuphead God? I think he's Jesus. Okay. Because he like because he's sacrificing himself and his well being for your souls. Okay. And then like the uh, the cranky teapot that was probably God then. Elder Kettle. Elder Kettle. <laughs> Maybe that's Joseph because like it's not his dad, but it could be like his adopted father figure. Okay. We're looking too far into that we part, I think. We're fully spinning out of control on Cuphead. <laughs> are you surprised? Have you been listening for the last two hours? This shit is fucking weird. I was so excited for this that I got really intimidated as I started looking into it. Because I was like, how am I going to explain this to Tom? So I had to preface this by being like, you got to roll with me on this, okay? And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like halfway through i'm like yeah and then the fucking pirates start shooting puffer fish at you and you're like yeah that's what's up like in the kingdom hearts episode i was worried about describing sora's dream sequences because those are fucking strange <laughs> as hell Whoopsies. but like this whole game was as weird as one of sora's dream sequences in kingdom hearts this game is a fever dream <laughs> it actually is like we've joked like oh my god is this a fever dream before no. this is literally a fever dream fully then you fight the train to get to the casino to speak to the devil. And like this whole family had the same damn fever dream, apparently. <laughs> this is a family dream. It was passed down from grandpa <laughs> from their elder kettle. Yeah. Holy shit. All right. Let's finish the story. The brothers had triumphed over the demon, forcing him to finally give up. We shall accept your surrender, devil. Cuphead laughed. But we're not done just yet. Cuphead and Mugman take the parchments with all the soul contracts, you know, the notarized ones. Right. And they throw them into the fire that surrounds the devil. They burn the souls? No, just the contracts. Oh, just the contracts. (laughs) Their soul isn't trapped in the contract. It's just notarized. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so dramatic, though. (laughs) I was just going to say, I was like, well, goddamn, you... You don't even use the fucking souls in the end? The cuphead giveth, the cuphead taketh away. <laughs> He's worse than the devil, honestly. Yeah, the devil is just going to have them work on something. Cuphead's like, I'll kill you. I'll just delete them. And with that, Cuphead and Mugman destroyed all of the soul contracts, releasing Inkwell Isle's residents from eternal servitude to the devil. Cuphead and Mugman go literally skipping back into town. <laughs> Gosh, I can't wait to tell everybody, Cuphead said. The boys set off for home and at top speed. Come on, last one there's a leaky cup, Mugman teased as they ran. 
<laughs> Leaky cup. <laughs> now, one of my questions has actually been through this whole thing. Yeah. In terms of the way they sound when they're moving around, do they sound like cups clanking around? <laughs> we do not have... No, there's no Foley artist going no. clink, clink, clink. <laughs> but how cute would that be? I would love it if they sounded porcelain, like when they're running around. Like yeah. you just hear like... Clink, 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 clink. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's just heavy instrumentals. Okay. But it, that that would be really cute. Once home, the brothers gathered everyone together. You're all free of the devil's debt, Cuphead announced. And that fiend won't bother us again, Mugman added. We have seen the t- of the town of full of people you've spent the entire day and a half kicking the absolute shit out of. And Elder Kettle. And they're all surrounding Cuphead and Mugman as they stand at a stage. So it's all the people we just kicked, like, fully beat up being like, oh, all right. You fully kicked my ass, and then you kicked the devil's ass, and now my debts are paid. So I guess that worked out. Did you need to kick my ass first? Yeah, did you have to go so hard? Because you kicked me in the crotch, like, a lot. Like, I feel like you could have skipped me and gone just straight to the devil. Like, there's a man who spent his entire life working on a robot. The robot is now destroyed, but he doesn't owe anyone anything, so he's kind of at, like, square one again. So now he needs to take a loan out from the devil. Again? In order to rebuild the robot. Maybe they are working with the devil. <laughs> Fuck. You never truly stop. <laughs> it's a cycle. It's a horrible cycle. Just when you think you're out, they bring you back in. The elder kettle was literally brimming with pride as everyone began to cheer. Let's hear it for Cuphead and Mugman. Hip, hip, hurrah. Hip, hip, hurrah. They give a full cheer? Yeah. Not just half a cheer? Oh, no. They got a full fucking cheer for kicking the shit out of the devil in King Dice. That's uh, more than Clayman got in Neighborhood. He got half oh, a cheer. Oh. <laughs> hip, hip, who? <laughs> oh, buddy. And as an all-day celebration began, the brothers promised to never wander into trouble again. And they didn't. Until the next time, of course. But that is another story. The book shutters closed, and we see the back cover say, the end. And that is Cuphead, Don't Deal with the Devil. Oh, they didn't do like a question mark after the end? No. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Be, I hate when they do that, where they're like, more to come, and you're like, probably not. This is not getting picked up. But yeah, they waited about, they had about five years between that one and then what was sent out as the next piece, so... The Delicious Last Course is the second one that came out in June of 22. And that was more of a DLC or was it a full game? It's it's certainly shorter. Um, okay. I think it's regarded as a DLC technically if we want to go um actually about it. So more like a fourth aisle. Yeah. I am. Um, you know what? It's out. Spoilers. It has to do with the legendary chalice. Oh. She's gotten herself into some trouble. But she's fucking with the genies. Fucking with the she, <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, we we almost killed a genie and destroyed his pyramid and took away his entire home, leaving him unhoused and then kicked the shit out of the devil. So now he's just like, what do I do? The only thing I was good at was gambling. Yeah, his pyramid was just a scheme anyway. Oh. And it all came crumbling down when we kicked the shit out of the devil. We bought we beat up a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like carrot and devil 
are not on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think those are like reasonable things to have uh, handled in this game? I guess if you're going to go with escalation, starting with carrot and working up to devil it, works. It is an inkwell aisle one situation. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're not all created equal. That's that's for fucking sure. One of them is just a bumblebee who is at work. Like, what are we doing? So that was Cuphead Jesus, Jesus Cuphead. Yeah, he, he. I think he kicked someone's ass for your sins or something. <laughs> or he took your sins on and the devil was involved. I don't know. There's something there. I'm not well enough versed in the storytelling to be He able. killed for our sins. He did kill for our sins. <laughs> Blood was shed regardless. Yeah. And like the devil had one of his horns broken off. Do you know how fucked up you have to be to break a horn? Hell yeah. I mean. That's bad. That's really bad. I, I'm. Really impressed with Cuphead for being able to pull all this off. <laughs> I'm impressed that Elder Kettle, like, was involved. Why was Elder Kettle there? Why did, we, <laughs> why did that have to happen? And, like, as a kettle who fulfills the cup in the mug, like, is that, is he dad? Please confirm if he's dad or if there's, like, a lady thermos who can give them sage advice. I'd, I'd love to see it. It's ridiculous. This game is wild. It's stupid difficult. I... The gameplay is cool. It's not for my brain. I don't function like this. Um, I totally get get it, though. I've seen speedruns of this around an hour, which is insane because it took us longer to explain this game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's wild, but it's really beautiful. The music is incredible. It is so beautiful. It's a real work of art. This is where this is where we start to tip video games are in art form is pieces mm. like Cuphead. I absolutely believe that unironically and wholeheartedly. You know, I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but straight up this is art. This is an incredible piece of work. The whole family over there <laughs> has fucking killed it and it's awesome. I think if this you are into running guns and can kind of get down on these like boss battles that might be they're not even, I was going to say repetitive, but they're not that repetitive because there are so many transformations. A Geddes world record was broken for how many transformations <laughs> you get in these running gun games. So it's not particularly repetitive. It keeps you on your toes. The art is insane. The story is wild as fuck that a cup lost everything and then saved a town by killing the devil with his brother Mugman. Like, it's fucking crazy. There's a king of the dice. Yeah. There was. He's not around no more. That no good lackey of the devil. <laughs> Ooh, I could use some tea. Yeah. Well, Goombas, that was Cuphead. I am so glad this was on you and not on me. <laughs> and you know what's even scarier to me is that, like, this was a pretty, like, heavy interpretation game, to be real. Like, we made a lot of guessing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. This is not the biggest, like, guessing game we are going to have this season. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, we got one coming up where it's going to be like, we're going to tell the story, but we're going to be completely guessing as to what the fuck any of it means. And I am so nervous and so excited to bring that game to us. Is that one that I'm doing? Or are you doing it? We're going to do that one together. Fuck! It's going to be that scary. I know which games I wanted to do, and <laughs> I'm so scared <laughs> that I forgot. <laughs> I I should listen to the show more. I am. Uh... I never have any idea what's coming up or what's going on unless I look at it. So truly, I had a moment of like, oh, damn, that sounds crazy. <laughs> oh, no, I'm responsible. <laughs> Let me double check that. Well, shit. Well, we got this one out of the way to make way for that game. 
whatever it may be, please tell me after we record this. Because <laughs> holy shit. But that was Cuphead. And like I said, I do have the DLC second piece, the Delicious Last Course, slated for the Patreon. So if this was your jam, if you want to hear Tom slowly melt down about how ridiculous this is in a larger format, come hang out with us. Talk about it on our Discord. We would love to have you. That's all linked out and available at theothercastlepodcast.com. That's theothercastlepodcast.com. Next to our item shop, which is right up there. Just a wink, wink. That's also up. And again, if you are here from the Level Up Expo, which we were going to in a couple days when this drops, or if you saw us there, you're checking this out before our next episode comes out. What's up? Big high five. Old friends, new friends. We are just happy you're here. Yeah, thanks for coming along, Goombas. And if you want to hang out with us on social, all the links again in the show notes on our website, theothercastlepodcast.com. That's theothercastlepodcast.com. All right. All right. Well, this is Tom and Andrea reminding you, don't skip the (laughs) cutscenes. Bye. Bye.